Hey there, this is Unburdened by Hope, the podcast that helps you harness your possibility and fuel your purpose. I'm your host, Erin Cummings. Here, we're breaking free from the chains of hope and unlocking the power of inspiration within. Get ready to ignite your soul because we're diving deep into the art of letting go, embracing the unknown, and creating a life unburdened by the limitations of hope. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to finding purpose, fueling our passions, and crafting a vibrant existence that sets our hearts on fire. So, are you ready to burn down what's no longer serving you and step into a life driven by possibility? Let's dive in, my friends, and unleash our boundless potential. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unburdened by Hope by me, Erin Cummings. We are at episode, I'm finally back on track, 31. (laughs) Shout out to the team for uh, their organization with all of this. I am honestly such a hot mess um, with this kind of stuff. This is such a fun episode today I have planned. Don't forget to subscribe to the new newsletter that comes out on Wednesdays. I'll put that in the show notes uh, for you so you have it. This week's intention is really about realizing when you're getting caught up in like a curated experience, you don't really know how to like react. So what I'm specifically talking about is obviously social media. I can only imagine if you're like me, (laughs) there are plenty of times when you're scrolling social media and looking at someone, something, and you're just like, how? How, how, how? Is this a filter? Now it's like, is this AI? Like you just have no idea sometimes what's going on because of the quote unquote algorithm. I've tried to make my Instagram a place in which I'm feeling inspired instead of depleted. But sometimes it's just like not how it works. And the thing is too, is like, because I also love to follow certain influencers and style people and entrepreneurs, they only really show like one side of themselves and you don't really see the truth of what's happening. And it's like, you know, you see all these people go, including myself, like, you know, all these vacations and whatever. And you're like, how do you, how do you have time for this? Like, how do you, and I know, I know it's that stuff comes at me too. This week's podcast, I really want to focus on like, when you're looking at that and you're feeling a certain way, what's the feeling that comes up? And then are you actually doing anything about it? Because what I find really interesting about this whole, like, you know, we all talk about this curated social media, like toxicity and experience, but really we as like consumers of things and even as business owners, like this shit is everywhere. It's not just like curated social media moments. Like there are so many like marketing strategies and marketing ploys that truly we've all just been taught to believe because of like what it is. Like for instance, like champagne wasn't ever really used for like celebratory things until like there was an ad run for it in like the 1880s using it for like a party. And then all of a sudden champagne became a party drink and something that you use to celebrate, which I think is so interesting because now like, I mean, all of us, I don't know about you, but I associate champagne with like celebration, congratulations, all that kind of stuff. And I've also recently just talked about this in the past like two podcasts for this month, having the new year, new you really, like I said, in that 
other podcast, it's not a new you. Like you wake up and it's the same you. Like there was no magic switch, anything. Also the marketing employees that are like, you now have 364 days left to accomplish your goals. Like also totally wrong. The other big thing, like we just literally talked about this last last week, like the 5am club. Like a lot of that, yeah, is my opinion on how I feel about the 5am club. But also like it's a marketing ploy. It's a strategy to get you to purchase, consume, whatever, based on that person's perspective, marketing, etc. to get you to buy and consume what they want to. I have two fun interesting examples. If you um, get the Yoga Studio newsletter, you may have seen one of these before. But the first one I want to talk about as far as like, when we're talking about kind of this like, curated, like how you're feeling in this curated experience is one of my favorite things is to realize like how let down I am (laughs) when I actually get the food that's pictured. So like, you know, this is obviously like fast food for a lot of us. Um, if you go to like a nice fancy restaurant, like the food that comes out is actually presented as beautiful. I follow this food blogger and she, um, offered like a food photography and food styling. So specifically like how you can make your food look pretty for the pictures. And then like the food photography was about you know, like the aperture and the exposure and all that. So like light or dark, focus, um, where to focus on the food, how to position the food in a picture, you know, what props and stuff to use for the photo. And then like the second part of it was the actual food styling, which was like not just props, but, you know, how does the hamburger look the way it does in the photo? But then when you see it in real life, it's totally different. Like, I don't know about you. I never on any of these food bloggers, like as much as I love to cook and I do love to style my food when I cook, just doesn't ever look the same. And that's because it is a true marketing ploy. And if you've seen it, cool. If not, like there, they use like um, shaving cream instead of like actual whipped cream in like the pie commercials because the whipped cream melts, whereas the shaving cream like actually holds its shape. And then they use soap um, for a lot of like the bubbly stuff. So like in beer ads, when they're pouring the beer in to get the little bit of extra foam at the top to stay for the shoot, they actually add a few drops of soap to do so. And then same thing, like the misting, they will like mist the outside of a glass or put some sort of something, um, on the glass to like present what the water and bubbles and stuff looks like with the ice. And what's interesting is like one of the food styling classes I did, like the specific class times was this, how to style a hamburger. And I was just like totally blown away on how they did it. And I, it all makes sense now when you like look at the photo But, you know, in my head, like, never did I consider any of this to be true. Well, it's funny because it's a lot of, like, front of the Christmas tree versus back of the Christmas tree when it comes to, like, styling a a hamburger. You put a lot of the ingredients towards the front, like, where your camera lens will be or, you know, like, where you're, yeah, like, how you're shooting the food. And then, um, you know, you put each piece on top. And then a lot of people will use toothpicks to like keep everything in place. 
And then they actually, what you can do is you scoop out the entire uh, top of the bun, like on the inside where the bread would be. And you sit that on top of like your lettuce or your um, pickles or whatever. So because usually if you were to like normally, like if you didn't scoop that out and you just set stacked everything on top, like the bun would actually be like in a weird space. But if you, since you scoop out that like top part of the bun, it actually sits down onto the hamburger in a more pleasant way. And so when you go to take the photo, it looks a lot more juicy than if you were to put the hamburger together. One of the other ones I learned was uh, like a roasted chicken and how, you know, like obviously Thanksgiving, it would be roasted turkey, but how the food stylist will literally um, paint like a darkened, like you mix butter and like a little bit of broth and you like paint the edges of where you want your turkey to be darker or lighter or the chicken. And then you can like pop it in the oven, let that really fire up and then bring it back out. And like where your light hits the chicken or the turkey, the, the roast, like the light pops a lot more. I always thought all this was so interesting. And I just, it's incredible to me, like, how much we only focus on social media when it comes to like how we feel when we see certain images and stuff. When it's like, you know, you look at someone's page and you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not like so-and-so because of whatever thing. And then it's also like, oh, well, you know, how come my food never looks like what's showcased on TV or whatnot? The other big marketing ploy that I find to be very interesting, like as a owner of an exercise place, right? Like it's yoga, but like a lot of people go for the exercise and for the movement is um, the 10,000 step rule. So if you haven't read this blog that I posted a while ago, um, it's so interesting. So the 10,000 step goal actually has no scientific backing at all. And it's so interesting to me because so many people really rely on those 10,000 steps that they get every day. And so many people are so hard on themselves when like, you know, the ring on the Apple watch like doesn't close and you didn't get your steps in and oh, well, I'm not getting 10,000. I'm only getting 6,000 or I only got 1,500 or, you know, whatever it may be. In my opinion, the, I talked about it last week. I think the 10, getting 10,000 steps in every day is a good goal if it works for you. Just like if it works to get up at 5 a.m., great. If not, don't do it. I think it's also one of those really good trigger habits where if you start walking 10,000 steps every day, you'll probably also start doing other things that could impact whatever goals that you're working towards or working on. It could spiral and snowball into other really awesome goals. So maybe you go from 10,000 steps a day and then you also add in, you know, like a 15 minute uh, strength training routine or whatever it may be. Um, So I I don't want to say that the goal itself is worthless. I just want like as your intention for the week and as you're like moving through your week, it's realizing like how you feel when you see certain things that like make you pause or might seem overly curated, or maybe you don't realize that they're curated, just like the food styling, but you're looking at this hamburger and you're like, how come my hamburgers never look like this? It's having those moments of pause throughout the day when you're like not trusting yourself. And 
Brandy in that uh, guest podcast episode talked a lot about this with like wardrobe and styling and second guessing yourself when it comes to like things you want to get rid of or things that you like don't know, you know, why you keep holding on to things and stuff like that. Like this really ties in with all of that. Um, So if you haven't listened to that episode, you should definitely go check it out. But the 10,000 step goal was actually created by a Japanese company that was selling pedometers in like the 60s. There was a professor at Harvard that like basically looked into all of this. And she believed like after having a conversation with Japanese researchers that the character of 10,000, like the number 10,000 looks like a man walking. (laughs) And so bing, bing, boom, you have the 10,000 step thing, which started, you know, a pedometer revolution of marketing. And what many of us use today is like a, what we would consider, you know, like a standard basic goal of what, you know, the standard should be across the board getting 10,000 steps in when actuality, I think like when I wrote this article for the yoga studio blog, I like dove into like research on this. And I think it was literally like for women, it was like, you really only needed like 4,400 steps a day, like the difference between the 4,400 steps and the 10,000 steps was negligible when it came to like the benefits and the outcome of like your health and your morality, basically. Like you getting 4,400 steps is equal to getting 10,000 steps. Um, It's because it's the action of like getting up out of your desk and going and walking and exercising. (laughs) That's the difference. It's not the difference in like 9,800 steps versus 10,000 steps, um, which I think is so interesting. You know, as you're moving through the week and you're kind of like looking around or if you're feeling yourself like have an energy shift when it comes to like looking at social media or even your workout routine or what your dinner looks like or what you think the baseline of something should be, you're like, oh, well, I should be waking up at 5 a.m. every day. You know, like I should be getting 10,000 steps. I should be doing X, Y, Z. Like, think about who who is telling you this advice. Literally talked about this last week. Who's giving you this advice? Are they someone that is also like you that is like, okay, this actually could work for my life? Or are you just like hoping things will work out? Because you can't just hope that like you're going to get 10,000 steps in every day when you're really only getting like 3,200. You can't just like hope that that one of these days something will shift. You can't hope that you'll wake up at 5 a.m. if you get up at 6.15 every day and that actually works for you. You can't just hope that those things will shift. Where you have to say fuck hope is like you have to look at what the purpose of your action is, what your goals are, and how all of those align. And you can't just hope that you'll feel better when you look at social media if you're not curating your feed to be things that you actually want to look at. Brandy talked about this when I interviewed her for her podcast about like having kind of like some hate haters. What am I trying to say? It's like having some haters on your feed, not that they hate you, but like you're just watching them because you're just like judging them so hard. Um, I had one of those. And what I think is interesting is like 
when I finally unfollowed this person, like my brain space, like honestly freed up so much because I wasn't just like so consumed with what they were doing. You know, it's just like, why am I so consumed with this person's doing? Like, I honestly didn't even like, I didn't even personally know them. It was just like someone who I thought like I could look up to as an entrepreneur and like in my mind, like their business didn't make sense. So I was always looking for a reason to make it not make sense. I always thought that was interesting. And so when I finally like unfollowed, it was like, oh, my brain has now been freed up to like add a new like fun entrepreneur in that I like actually get (laughs) creative boosts and inspiration and whatnot from, which I think is just, you know, so interesting and nice. But yeah, so when you're when you're going through your week. And I find that this is like such an interesting time of January. So we're like, we're obviously towards the end of January. If you set January goals and resolutions, have you stuck with them? Were you pressured to set them because of all of the marketing and et cetera, based on, you know, habits and starting fresh, new year, new you, da, da, da. And it is like as a business owner, like you do have to lean into the marketing and the things that work. But just know that like that is part of how how stuff sells. But yeah, like when you're moving through this week, just really notice when you're feeling a shift in energy for whether it's social media, like basically all the things that you're consuming and like, are you consuming them because you want to? Is there a purpose behind them? You know, I think it's like one of those things like Real Housewives. I love Real Housewives. And sometimes it gets to be too much for me because there's like so much like insanity in those shows that like, I also have to remind myself like, okay, this isn't actual reality TV. It's like a very curated quote unquote reality experience. When you're moving through this week, remember what the marketing lies you've been told and you've been taught to believe and that you've focused on too long or you've looked at your feed for too long and it's like totally screwed with your brain. Like see if you can add in some self-care tools this week to shut off or turn off those things when you notice that energy shift. And um, feel free to DM me or reach out. You can email me at erinccummings.com if you have any questions or if you need some help with the self-care and the energy shift. But yeah, I'd love to hear like what you're working on. And if you notice anything this week that comes up for you as far as like kind of marketing ploys or whatever that you might have fallen for that you um, realized you were falling for, I think it's so interesting. So um, stay courageous, capable and strong. And um, don't forget to sign up for the new newsletter and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Unburned by Hope. Go to your favorite podcast app, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. If you've got something out of our show, I'd love to hear from you. Send me your favorite takeaway or any questions you may have to info at erinccummings.com. You may even just hear the answer in a future episode. Remember, you are courageous, you are capable, you are strong. It's up to you to create what's possible.